Hey, and welcome to the Feminization Boudoir Podcast from Candy Apple Press. I am your host, Kylie Gable, and I am coming to you live from, well, probably not live at this point, um, lovely Chicago, where the entire city basically looks like the uh, set from The Shining, and it's freezing and it's snowbound, and I'm starting to go insane as I'm even more confined than I was with just COVID. So, hi everybody. Even if you're not there, I'm at least getting to talk to somebody, and that's something. So anyway, uh, we have a wonderful uh, recording today from Jen Davis, who did the second part of a story. She already did, um, a couple of weeks ago, she did um, a story, um, She Stole My Manhood. And this is the second part called She Stole My Wife. Um, I've got an abundance of audios. Um, Shayla has already recorded the entire series, uh, Feminized for His Inheritance, which is four parts. I will probably play part three next week. She's also in the middle of recording um, my college stories from sophomore year called Changed by College. Um, we already did College Changed a Guy last year. College Changes a Guy last year on this podcast. Um, I'm sorry it's just me this week. I keep trying to set up an interview with Shayla and Jen and maybe have all three of us together and then forgetting and never getting around to it. So hopefully I'll do that soon. Anyway, here is She Stole My Wife by Miss Jen Davis. She Stole My Wife, written by Kylie Gable and Claudia Costa. Narrated by Miss Jen Davis. It had been four months since Mark Peely had lost a job at Four State Insurance. Following two months in wallowing in self-pity and a month of looking for a job, he had found something, and though it wasn't ideal, Mark hoped that he could find some way to stretch his $55,000 salary and the 62000 his wife was making to cover the $225,000 lifestyle that they were used to. Gina was Mark's college sweetheart, and she was a natural beauty. Guys were always checking her out, and when Mark felt he was on top of the world, he found it flattering. Now that he felt like a failure, he found it alarming. At 30 years old, he was in the prime of his life, but even sex had very little draw for him. He didn't feel like enough of a man for Gina, and he had more or less given up extramarital sex completely. Mark was coming home late from the office as usual. Gone were the days of multi-million dollar deals with big companies. Now he was dealing with clog gutters and fender benders. He was determined to get as good at his new job as he possibly could, even though it was so foreign from what he had previously done. Exhausted from the hard day, he came in the front door and immediately slumped into the couch. "'Hey, honey,' said Gina. "'I was wondering when you'd get home.' "'I've met somebody,' she said seriously. "'We've been going at it hot and heavy for three weeks now.' In his heart, Mark had been expecting this revelation. "'I'll pack my things and move out this weekend,' he said. "'Geez, Mark, I was just being funny.' The person I met is a woman, and we've been working out at the gym early in the morning while you're still asleep. Sorry, honey, 
I'm just exhausted from work. We're going out to dinner on Saturday, and I'd like you to come, she said. Is she bringing somebody, or am I the third wheel, asked Mark. You're with me, assured Gina. She's the third wheel. Maybe on paper, said Mark. When you girls get talking, though, I know I'll be the one left out of the conversation. I promise I won't do that, said Gina. I think I'll really like her. It'll be fun. All right, fine, he said. It's not like I want to stay here alone on Saturday night. Mark didn't think anything of it for the rest of the week. When Gina reminded him on Saturday afternoon, he wasn't happy, but he went along like he said he would. Mark and Gina were seated at their table in the restaurant. Mark was in one of his nice Armani suits he had tailored when he worked at Four State. Gina was in a very stylish black lace dress that showed her every curve. As Samantha walked into the restaurant, she scanned around for her friends. Suddenly, Gina began waving frantically, and Gina thanked the hostess for escorting her. It wasn't until Samantha took her seat that Mark saw her. She was in a blue, form-fitting, bodycon dress that looked amazing on her. She'd always had a great body, Mark grudgingly admitted. Mark went pale the moment he saw her. Hi, Gina, said Samantha. I didn't realize you were married to Mark. What are you doing here, snapped Mark. Gina invited me, replied Samantha. I can leave if I make you uncomfortable. Don't be silly, said Gina. I'm so glad to see you outside of the gym. I don't want to make Mark uncomfortable. Mark, tell her she doesn't make you feel uncomfortable, insisted Gina. Tell her now. I'm fine, said Mark. So it sounds like you two have something of a backstory. I'd love to hear it, said Gina. This was not good. Mark had never confided with his wife the reason that he had been let go from Four State, and she decided not to pry. Now here was Samantha, able to tell Gina what happened, and show her video proof as well. It was very unfortunate, said Samantha. I'm sure Mark would rather we don't talk about it right now. All right, but I want to hear sometime, said Gina. If Mark lets me, I'll tell, replied Samantha. When you told me about your job, I had no idea it was at Four State, said Gina. Yes, I guess you could say I was what caused your husband to be fired. Mark blushed furiously. Samantha could not be telling Gina about how she tricked him into going to the Midwest Area Insurance Convention and Expo Ball dressed in a formal gown with makeup and lingerie, or how she blindfolded him and made him suck about two dozen insurance agents back in their hotel room. Well, I guess sales went really well for me, and that caused the company to reevaluate whether they needed both Mark and me. I felt terrible. I'm sure you did, said Mark snidely. We've all missed Mark at work terribly. I understand you're now selling insurance at a little office close to your home, said Samantha. That must be a time saver. It's great, replied Gina. There's a convenience store in the same mini mall, so whenever we run out of something, I'm always calling him. Well, that is convenient, agreed Samantha. I wish we had a convenience store near the office. I really need to use the bathroom, said Gina. I'll be right back. 
As soon as she was out of earshot, Mark took the gloves off. He glared harshly at Samantha. What do you think you're doing? Just having dinner with a friend, said Samantha. You need to leave. When I have such a nice video to show Gina, why would I do that? You already took my job. What more do you want from me? I assure you, Mark, if there's anything I want from you, I'm just going to take it. Your help is appreciated, but completely unnecessary. Just go away. Listen, this wasn't my idea, said Samantha. Gina insisted on it. I didn't know that she was your wife. She told me a lot about you, but it seemed too pathetic to be anybody I knew. You're working in a mini-mall? Seriously? Even if that's the case, said Mark, you could leave. It'd be the nice thing to do. Now when have you ever known me to do the nice thing? When Gina gets back, you'll be on your best behavior. I can show that video right here in the restaurant on my phone. So you had better think before you speak. When Gina returned to the table, both Samantha and Mark stood up until she was seated. Mark found it odd to see a woman doing this for another woman, but kept his thoughts to himself. So, did you go to the Mace Convention with Mark last year, Samantha? asked Gina. I did, said Samantha. That convention is something. It's actually kind of neat seeing insurance people from all over the country in one place. Did you by any chance see the costume that Mark wore to the big gala? asked Gina. Oh, my God, said Samantha, covering her mouth. I'm not kidding when I say that she was the belle of the ball. He looked amazing. I wouldn't know, said Gina. He won't let me see any pictures. I told you, honey. There aren't any that I know of, replied Mark. Oh, here, check this out, said Samantha, holding up her phone for Gina. Oh, wow, he does look great. Is that Benny he's kissing, said Gina, between giggles. <laughs> What? I can explain, said Mark. That Benny is such a riot. You put those two together, and they're going to be doing something silly, said Gina. That's for sure, said Samantha. They did some things at the convention that would have probably surprised even you. Beads of sweat were now dripping down Mark's forehead. Samantha noticed and smirked. Do you want me to see if I can get them to turn up the air conditioner? You're starting to sweat, Mark. After a couple hours of very pointed conversation, the check finally came. Mark pulled out his credit card, but stopped by Samantha. I insist. I know you can't make much money selling insurance at that mini-mall. No, I have it, said Mark, but Samantha snatched the bill away from him, and he sat there helpless, and she paid for dinner. That was very generous of you, Gina. Would you like to come back to our place for a nightcap? I'm sure Mark would just as soon I leave. I don't think either of us wishes the other ill will, but I know it was awkward when he was let go and I got his corner office. Mark doesn't feel that way at all, do you? asked Gina. No, replied Mark. Ask her to come back home with us, said Gina. Would you like to come back home with us, Samantha? asked Mark reluctantly. I need to get up tomorrow, but maybe just a quick drink, replied Samantha. Excellent, cheered Gina. An hour later, and Gina was even more fascinated with her new friend than when the conversation began. 
Samantha had quite a resume that Mark had never bothered to learn about when they were in the office together. She was a starting point guard on a pretty good Notre Dame team and drafted with the WNBA, but she passed up the chance to play professional basketball when she got a Fulbright scholarship and studied economics at Oxford. There didn't seem to be anything this woman couldn't do, and Mark made the mistake of trying to keep up. I didn't know you played basketball in college, said Mark. I played football. See, I never would have guessed that, replied Samantha. That's because he played it in grade school, said Gina. He wouldn't have lasted a minute with those giants in the NCAA. I dated a few. They're not that tough, said Samantha. Basketball isn't really a physically demanding sport like football is, said Mark in response. Don't go there, Mark, said Gina. I couldn't help but notice you have a basketball net on your driveway. Would you like to play a bit of one-on-one? You're wearing a dress and heels, said Mark. It would hardly be fair. She can borrow some of my stuff. We're not quite the same size, but I have workout gear that would fit her, suggested Gina. Well, if I'm going to take off my dress, and if Mark didn't let you see the pictures, it would seem only fair that the loser wears the dress after the game. I don't think that's a good idea, unless, of course, accessories go with it, said Gina, nearly doubled over in laughter. (laughs) Hey, I just had a big dinner. I don't know that I should be running around playing basketball, said Mark. You could play at the gym tomorrow, suggested Gina. Of course, I'm sure you draw quite a crowd there. Okay, fine, I'll do it, said Mark, seeming very unenthused about playing. Let's go find you something to wear, Gina, said Samantha. As the girls found Gina something to change into, Mark threw on some shorts and a t-shirt as quickly as he could and went outside to shoot a little bit before Gina got outside. Truth be told, Mark wasn't a bad player. He had a basketball net on his house growing up, and while there were players who were bigger and faster, he just kept practicing his jump shot every night until it was smooth like butter. He made the high school basketball team despite being a bit too slow, a bit too short, and a bit too weak, because if he was open, he could have hit a shot from anywhere on the court. He was a bit nervous, and that was affecting his aim, but he was still sinking about half his shots when Gina got outside. Hey, you're pretty good, said Samantha, but we're going to have to get that hair off your legs after the game. You sure you can take them, asked Gina? It shouldn't be too hard. This is going to be so much fun. Let's get this silly challenge over with, said Mark. He was now on a rolling, sinking five shots in a row, and he didn't want to risk his luck turning. Sure, said Samantha. Up to eleven. Make it, take it. Sounds fine to me, said Mark. Behind this line counts for two. Okay, said Samantha. House rules. You can take it first. The game wasn't totally lopsided. Mark was as good a shooter as Samantha was, but he realized he was in trouble when he faked her out and got past her for a layup only to have her recover fast enough to steal the ball away from him before he could get a shot off. In the end... Samantha coasted to a relatively easy 11-7 victory. I can't believe this, explained Gina. This is going to be awesome. Are you ready for your makeover? asked Samantha. I bet you're just loving this, said Mark.
Of course I am. Was there any doubt? Even before Mark came back inside, Gina was running a warm bubble bath for him. Samantha pulled him aside and whispered a warning. You do everything you're told tonight, or I'm showing Gina the video. Got that? Yeah, I got it, sighed Mark. Mark meekly got into the bathtub and let Gina shave off all his body hair. Samantha waited in the living room as she didn't want to let Gina know that she had seen Mark naked. When Gina and Mark came out to join her, Mark was completely hairless and wearing a white lace push-up bra and G-string panties. I didn't know what we'd want to put him in, so I went with white underwear. Good choice, said Samantha. Let's check out your closets and find him something pretty. Have a seat, Mark, said Gina. We'll be back to make you fabulous in a moment. Mark cringed at the way that Samantha and Gina were bonding. It was going to be that much more difficult to keep Gina from seeing her after tonight, when it would just look like he was a sore loser. A few minutes later, Gina returned from the bedroom carrying a bottle of hot pink nail polish. Paint your toes while you wait, she said. Stop this, demanded Mark. Or else what? I'll only put up with so much, you know. Just paint your toenails and quit your crying. Mark took the bottle of nail polish, inhaling its pungent odor, as Gina turned and went back to the bedroom. What do you want to see your macho husband wearing? asked Samantha. I have that one pink dress. I can't think of anything more girly, and it's kind of sexy, too, replied Gina. That sounds like a great choice, said Samantha. Do you have shoes for it? Yeah, I have a pair that are perfect. Since we're having him paint his toes, we definitely want something open-toed. Perfect. I'm sure he'll just love it. This is great. I've wanted to play dress-up with him since the convention, said Gina. He really looked amazing at the convention, said Samantha. Once Mark was dressed in the pink dress and matching shoes, Gina began his makeup. Samantha told Gina that since she had been the one to do his makeup at the convention, it was only fair that she allowed Gina to do it now. In reality, she knew it was that much more humiliating for Mark to have his own wife do it. She really enjoyed watching him squirm as his wife told him what a pretty girl he made. She also really loved how excited it made Gina. Gina practically glowed. She looked a lot different than she did in the gym when she was wearing workout clothes and covered in sweat. You should have been a makeup artist, Gina, said Samantha. Don't you think so, Mark? Yeah, said Mark glumly. Aw, don't pout, Marcy, said Gina. I'm going to make you look really pretty. Marcy? I like that, exclaimed Samantha. Gina took her time doing Mark's makeup. She was really enjoying herself and was quite taken by the transformation her husband was undertaking. Both liquid and powder foundation were blended to give Mark a new flawless complexion. Next, soft color blush was added to his cheeks to give him some color. Gina took tweezers and began plucking a few stray eyebrows before Mark objected. Hey! Shaving my legs was one thing. I will not pluck my eyebrows! You'll do what we say, replied Samantha firmly. 
Relax, I'm not plucking them, but you have a few stray hairs. This is going to make you look better as a guy as well, said Gina. It hurts, though, replied Mark. That's the price you have to pay for beauty, said Samantha. After finishing on his eyebrows, Gina lined his eyes with a black liner to give him a cat's eye look. Thick mascara made his lashes look sexy and voluminous, and finally pink and orchid color eyeshadow were blended into his eyelids. He's looking good, said Samantha. Do you still have the wig from the convention, Mark? I really don't know, he replied. It's in my closet, said Gina. I'll go get it. As soon as Gina was out of earshot, Samantha leaned over and whispered in Mark's ear, Don't you even think of disappointing her tonight. You will do whatever we say, or it'll get very interesting. What do you mean by interesting? I took your job, said Samantha. Think of what I could do to your relationship. You can't do shit. I have a solid marriage, and there's nothing you can do about it. Wow, you almost seem to mean it. If I didn't know how often you cheated on Gina when you were at Foursquare, I might believe it. There's a difference between being committed to someone and being too pathetic to get anybody else, you know? So what, you think you can show the video of me at Mace and that'll devastate my marriage? Oh, I'm sure it would cause you complications, but Gina seems pretty open-minded. You might get through it, I suppose, but I don't intend to show her the video. I don't need it to take her from you. Take her from me? She's straight, sputtered Mark. It's different for girls, silly, said Samantha. Straight doesn't mean the same thing. That's bullshit, exclaimed Mark a little louder than he had meant to. We'll see, said Samantha. It had only just occurred to her that she had just committed herself to take Gina from Mark. She did like Gina an awful lot, especially seeing her away from the gym in a different light. There was no way a loser like Mark deserved her, and there was the matter of unfaithfulness. It was hard to respect the marriage vows of a guy who didn't live by them himself. Samantha hadn't been with a woman since a particularly stormy weekend in March, her senior year of college, where her roommate and her made at least as much thunder under the sheets as the clouds in the sky did. Still, some of the best lovers she had had were the girls she experimented with in college. Did I miss anything? asked Gina as she returned with a wig in her hand. I remembered this long blonde one. I thought it might look pretty good on him. I think it will with his coloring, but we really need to get him a better quality wig for next time, said Samantha. Next time? exclaimed Gina. Really? Why not? I can see how much you love it, said Samantha. I do, admitted Gina. Seeing him dressed up like this has me so wet. Does that make me a pervert? Yes, it does, said Mark. I can't believe you. Samantha slapped Mark hard across the face. When we want your opinion, we'll ask for it, she said sternly. Mark was stunned by the slap, as was Gina. I don't understand. Why was that so hot? Mark started to say something and then thought better of it. You love the power, said Samantha. Don't feel bad. I do, too. So that was Jen Davis with She Stole My Wife, which is available on our stores on Night Flirt. If you look on the links, uh, you'll find it. Um, and if you're on one, I notice there are a couple of places that 
uh, people listen to podcasts that don't display the links. If that's the case, look for She Stole My Wife by Kylie Gable. It'll pop up on Google. Um, I did want to say I got a wonderful email just today from a listener. And um, college student times are a little tough. Um, and he said flat out, I haven't been able to you know buy as many of your podcasts in their entirety as I'd like. Which, you know, I wish he could too. But he said, one thing I have done is I have been spreading the word on FetLife in groups. And I can't tell you how much, how important that is to me. Because um, I do think there are a lot of people who would really enjoy this podcast. Not everybody. Obviously, this, the subject matter alone limits it. But I do know there are a whole lot of people out there that are always shocked when they go, there's a podcast that's nothing but audio about feminization. How did I never hear about this? And so when you get the word out, you help me a great deal because you give more exposure to the people doing audios. You help me make sales and all that stuff helps make this podcast work. So thanks for, for um, my, my friend who emailed today and thanks to all of you. I can't tell you enough how much your support makes this podcast work. So I'll be back next week. I think it'll probably be Shayla, although there are other people who have audios out there. Um, how do you like the series? You know, this is a two-part series today, but we're doing a, a longer one with Shayla, and we've done some in the past with both Jen and Shayla. I'd be kind of curious. Anyway, hopefully there'll be some sun and some warmth before next podcast, but I don't think so. Anyway, have a great week. I'll be back next Monday. I hope you will be too.